Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude and over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Congratulations, friend. <laughs> Congratulations, friend. <laughs> Thanks. I How are you feeling? A, I think this is the first podcast you haven't started with. Hey, guys. <laughs> like like a depressed, tired, high. <laughs> um, we're done. We're done. We're done. Oh, my God. I just finished yesterday. You finished, what, like four days before me? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. I'm I've... still tired. My brain is still not functioning <laughs> properly. Saying. I'm tired. I'm Same. tired, man. Um, yeah, yeah, so we wrapped up school. We're, our uh, postgraduate studies are, well, at least this one is complete. So that's very, very exciting. And um, now we're just moving into the summer with a little bit more free time. Oh, my God. I don't even – it's been two years since I I was out of school for five years and then tried to do the master's thing. That didn't work out. Then went right into this program. And that was the last two years. So it's it's funny. Like you, I, I don't even remember what it's like to be able to just um, – come home and not have something to do whether whether it's something that I'm actually going to get done or whether it's like I gotta I gotta really get back into this this week you know whatever it is like I don't have that on my plate so that's feels really really good but also I mean I haven't exactly I think once I go home for my vacation um later this week that is when it's gonna sit in because Yesterday when I was done, I I call you and I'm like I'm done. I th- I think I'm excited. It's like it's just like it's so surreal once you're finally done and and now you know we're right back to work right now and we're like the next day recording the podcast. So. Well, it's so funny. You're like it's it's so weird to like not have something to do all the time. I'm like, well, you're gonna start your private practice and run your own business, and then that feeling will be omnipresent for the rest of your life completely until the end of time. I just need the summer. I just need the summer to and I need everyone listening to check my ass when you hear me researching a new program like starting to talk about taking another another training like just doing anything else on my plate like just I want to actually get used to what it's like to feel to to not have a full plate like what is that like yeah, you just got to give everything the hard pass. I don't know. My plate is a chat full. <laughs> Constantly full. <laughs> so we get a lot of questions about the actual program. 
Um, so we could talk a bit about that. So we, I mean, we've already yeah. gone into like a significant amount of detail in episode one and yes. also another episode where we talked about kind of the difference between um, oh, yeah, health coach. Yeah, how to find a practitioner. So check out those episodes. That's usually – I get a lot of DMs on Instagram about about what program we're doing or what, what program I'm, I'm doing. And those are where I tend to, to send people to. But I think it's important to note that – this is not a this is a this is a post grad program that we did. It's not your starting point, right, Kyle? Correct. This is not where you go to like learn about nutrition. It's also not a health coach program. So if you if you're looking to do something like that without having to, you know, take every single science undergrad and like really dive deep into all that end of the spectrum, this is not that program. Um and by the way, it's called it's called IFNA, Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. So in order to get in, you have to be, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to be an RN, an RD, or you have to, you can be a health coach, but you have to have a minimum of a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, and also, you have to prove that you have at least a thousand clinical hours in private practice. So that's because yeah. I'm not an RD, but that's how I got in because I have my degree in nutrition and dietetics and I obviously have the the clinical hours behind me. Yes. So, so. that's really why we're saying it's not a starting point. Like you don't have the option to take the program unless yeah. unless you've um, got an undergrad. Yeah. And then, I mean, if, if it could be a good, a good decision, but like all of the programs now, I mean, there's several thousand dollars so you know do your research make sure it's a good program that was like the master's program I was in was gonna end up being thirty thousand dollars so thankfully I I did about two semesters before I realized that it was not it was not going to work with my life and I think that's that's what's great about um what was great about IFNA is that it really fit where Erin and I were at at this point in our lives because um, it is self-paced and I think that that was really good for both of us but that is not good for everyone I think there are a lot of people out there that really like um, a classroom setting and like having a certain schedule that moves along that kind of like like dictates your pace like this was not that we took time off when we needed it um, but with that you have to you have to get back on track so you you really have to be very motivated um to 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 stick with it um the program is good it covered a ton of a ton of material and yeah I'm, i was pretty happy about it as like anything i think it's just it's tricky once you have something like that um on your plate dealing with the stress you know and trying to find this balance between you know learning about diet and lifestyle and and mindset and how all of these things can you know are contributing to you being healthy overall and yet you know it's very easy to fall into these habits when you're overwhelmed with work and home life and then you're in school and the first thing that tends to go is the self-care stuff the stuff that you're doing to to make yourself healthy are you sleeping well are you exercising are you taking downtime you know is your is your diet you know still still good so that that was a bit of a challenge I definitely fell off the wagon a few times like not working out or or you know having a little too much 
wine. <laughs> so we're back on track. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Oh, um, so now that you're done, now that we're done, what are you going to do this summer? <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to really try pretty hard, kind of like you, what you said, to take to take a break. For me, that's going to look like I'm, I'm scaling back on clients a bit. Um, obviously, no school. And I am going to try really hard to just spend a lot more time outside. I mean, I already spend a significant amount of time outside. So I just want to like ramp that up all weekend long. So this is Memorial Day weekend that we're recording. And we've just been like doing yard work like maniacs. We have the first weekend in June, we always throw this this rager barbecue, and so we're just cleaning up the yard. But it just feels so good to be outside and in the dirt all the time. I'm getting into gardening this year, which I haven't really done before. And I was kind of thinking, I was you know poking around in the dirt today and was thinking one of the questions that I ask my clients when I first start working with somebody is, at what point in your life did you feel your best? And I'm kind of taken aback that a lot of people um, say, like they think back to a time where they were outside a lot. So it might be like, oh, I worked on a farm or I traveled abroad in Italy. And like it's, it was just like a lot of uh, outdoor in the earth time. And it, I totally get that because if you, you know, like when do you feel your best? It's like always when the sun is shining and you're outside. So we're really planning to do a lot of camping and just kind of like get get back to nature. I mean, scientifically, I know the reason and the rationale behind that, but it just is like nice to embody that and to really be, um, I guess, raising Hattie in 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 that way too, uh, if that makes sense. You know, it's like it's nice that she's just like tooling around with us outside all the time. Like that makes me feel really, really good. Um, and to your point, Kyle, it's like when I'm completely inundated with work and with school, that is the first, one of the first things to go. It's like I, I create every reason in, in the book to, to not go outside or, you know, I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy. That's what I said for the past, like two years, why I just started a garden. Cause I was like, I'm too busy for it. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really just saying that I'm not making that a priority. I'm not creating the time to make that a priority, which is a very different thing than saying I don't have the time for that. So yeah, just a real priority check. Um, you know, I will say it comes with with some fear. I'm not going to lie. Um, a few couple weekends ago, I was up in Vermont um, for a runner's retreat. Um, I taught a, a nutrition component there. And the woman that orchestrates it, her name is Sarah. And um, you can follow her on Instagram at runfargirl. And she just posted something today. Uh, I guess yesterday there was, a, there was a race. So she's a competitive runner. She's like the real deal. And she didn't finish the race for the first time in her life um, because she listened to herself. And what she said was that what kept coming keeps coming up for her is, what if I'm not as good as I think I am? So as a competitive runner, like that's a scary thought, right? And I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm just, I have goosebumps just talking about it right now. But what my fear-based thought is, what if I don't know as much as I think I, as, as much as I think I do? You know, mm. I, I kind of pride myself on being uh, well-read, well-researched. That's sort of like my my thing, right? And so there's this big fear that if I take a break, even just for a summer, 
or even just for a week. If I take a break, then I'll lose that edge, that competitive edge, so to speak. And um, so it's hard for me to do this on a, on a number of different levels, but that's probably the primary one. And you know, something that I've been talking about lately maybe because I've been spending more time in nature, but everything in nature has has a season. It, we, it, it works on a cycle, whether it's like the actual seasons, right? Especially if you live up in the Northeast, like I do. Um, what, it's like the moon cycles. Like even us as, as females, we cycle every single month, right? So everything cycles, and yet we just expect ourselves to be this like constant – highly productive being without ever really giving ourselves rests and a respite from from just like the hard charging go 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 produce 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 it, and it's it's crazy because we put ourselves on this you know we, we we create these expectations that are like so unrealistic because literally nothing else in nature does that so anyway that's kind of where my head's been at is is really trying to take a break and give myself that rest and give myself that season of just downtime um, and and try not to freak out about it. Yeah, it it's kind of a losing battle too because as we've said so many times, the more we learn, the more we, we realize there is to learn. You know, the more we know, the more we realize we don't, we don't know anything. So I know nothing. It's just, it is a losing battle to have that, you know, perfectionist kind of, I can't, I can't take my foot off of the gas for a minute or else I'll fall too far behind. Um, and I think, you know, people bring that into diets too. You know, I think that's why people, when they fall off the wagon, they, they fall hard because it's just, it's it's just hard to, to give yourself, I don't know, permission to just relax, you know? So I think that's really good. And, and honestly, I think for someone, for someone like you, it'll probably take the summer. I don't think you can take a week off and be like, okay, I've recharged my batteries, ready to go for another 335 <laughs> days. You know, right. like, that's not really going to cut it for you. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's smart. I'm going to try not to read a ton of nutrition books and health books. I'm reading. I've got some novels lined up and I've got Ooh. a lot of like gardening books. That's what I've been reading a lot lately. Gardening books and just yes. like kind of like return yes. to the earth type books. So yes, I yeah. want like total beach reads for sure. Um, so with all that said, we were uh, pretty spent when it came to coming up with content for the podcast while we were trying to finish up school and study. So thankfully, we had a couple questions come in about being out in the sun and vitamin D and sunscreen. And um, you, Erin, had already written all about this on your blog. So we decided that rather to rather than reinvent the wheel we would just go ahead and use the content you created and share it on the podcast so that is the plan for today yeah and I'll certainly link to the two blog posts that I wrote about this because I know a lot of you guys have asked for transcripts which is just like Ooh, yeah <laughs> not on our radar yet <laughs> not today people have you just listened to us <laughs> one day one day um but um but in this case there'll be a lot of um reading you can do to kind of like I don't know yeah back and these up were some saying. of your most shared 
blog posts, right? The sunscreen one? Yeah, yeah. People want this information. So um, I get why people are writing in and asking about this. It definitely feels like we're in this lose-lose situation when it comes to the, sc- the sun because we're we're afraid of it, right? We're, we're afraid of sun cancer. Um, and now we're also afraid of sunscreen because it's like the most toxic thing ever. So <laughs> so today we're going to talk about what the heck we should do. Do we need sunshine or should we avoid it? Um, how else can we get vitamin D if we're avoiding the sun? What should we look for? What should we avoid when we're searching for safe sunscreens for both ourselves and our families? I'm going to go ahead and just give you guys the Cliff Notes version so you can just listen to this and um then you know hit end if you don't want to hear anymore <laughs> keep listening but i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to back up everything that i say with more detail and i know you guys probably listen to this podcast cuz you like the detail but basically we do need some sun exposure for vitality and health so we do need to to get access to the sun The best sun protection is a physical barrier between your skin and the sun. And I'll talk about what those those barriers are. But one of the barriers is zinc oxide. So you definitely want to seek out zinc-based sunscreens. And you want to avoid chemical sunscreens like the plague. Um, And absolutely, positively, never, ever, ever use sprays with one caveat, which I will mention. So the kind of sunscreen that both Kyle and myself use is by Beauty Counter. I use the lotion. I also use the stick and I use the mist, which is a new product this year. And we're going to go ahead and link to that in the show notes. Um, Some of you guys might know this. um, Some of you might not. I've worked with Beauty Counter um, for maybe two or three years now. And so... um, so I really like their products, obviously, and I like the everything they do f- as a company. If you sign up to become a member, um, I just want to shout out this perk because it's a pretty good one. If you sign up to become a member, you get a free uh, gift. And the gift right now is lemongrass sugar scrub, which is phenomenal for the summertime when you're shaving your legs a lot. Um because Kyle and I don't shave our legs unless <laughs> yeah, it is like the, the summertime. Only, the only season, and even then, it's like a once-a-week thing. I feel like we've already admitted that on the podcast yep. before. Yep, we're just right. making it okay for everyone else to admit it. <laughs> just relax about that. <laughs> um, so you get that free gift. You also get free shipping, and you get 15% back on every purchase. So let's say you spend, you know, you stock up on sunscreen, and you spend like 100 bucks. You get $15 to use for as a store credit for your next purchase. So it's pretty sweet deal. Um, so keep that in mind. And then you want to protect your neck with a good diet. You knew I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. And this is going to include one uh, include foods that have naturally occurring vitamin D, healthy fats, and antioxidants. And then finally, work with a practitioner do, to determine whether vitamin D supplementation is appropriate for you. So vitamin D is not this like blanket supplement that everybody and their mom should be on. You really should get your levels tested to know your starting point before you start like mainlining um, vitamin D. And that's that's a really simple blood test that your your primary care doc can do. So just make sure that you have that as a starting point before you, before you do that. Um, now, I know that this isn't a popular thing to say at all, but we do need to expose ourselves to the sun. The way that I think about it is like plants, like just like plants glean nutrients from the sun, right? The, the plants need sun, so do our bodies. Sunlight helps to establish our circadian rhythm 
I feel like we should do an episode on circadian rhythm um, just as an aside there. Wouldn't that be so good? So circadian rhythm affects our sleep. It affects our energy and affects our hormones. So that's important. Um, And our skin makes vitamin D when it's exposed sunlight. So it's this like very cool mechanism that's within our skin. And we take the sun and we turn it into vitamin D. Now, vitamin D is America's sweetheart nutrient. I feel like everybody's just like, just take some vitamin D. It's like, what is that? My big fat Greek wedding? Like, just put Windex on it. We're like, just put some vitamin D on it. It'll be good, right? Um, (laughs) Windex. (laughs) Before, so, you know, I think before we even get into the whole sunscreen and what's safe and what's not um, discussion, we have to first talk about what vitamin D does and how to naturally increase our levels and what safe sun exposure actually means. Vitamin D is extraordinarily important, and it does have many roles within the body. It's actually more like a hormone than a vitamin, which is pretty cool. So it's necessary for calcium absorption, for bone health, for the function of the immune system, our muscles, our heart, our lungs, our brain. Every single cell in your body uses vitamin D. So obviously it's it's important to get it in. And there are really only two ways to naturally get vitamin D. The first is through diet. So the foods that are going to contain um, small amounts of vitamin D naturally are fatty fish. This includes salmon, sardines, mackerel, and tuna. Raw, full-fat dairy. So this is like real dairy. I'm not talking about Chobani Greek yogurt. This is like true. <laughs> I hate Chobani Greek yogurt all the time. I always weasel it into every conversation. I feel like. <laughs> not that that terrible Chobani. Um, real true dairy. Uh, cod liver oil. Egg yolks from pasture-raised chickens and beef liver. So those are all good sources of vitamin D. And obviously these aren't foods that our culture eats regularly, which is why much of our processed food is supplemented with synthetic vitamin D. Now, in our supplement episode, Kyle went into good detail about why synthetic nutrients are not the same as um, natural nutrients found in food. So just keep that in mind. Just because um, something has vitamin D added into it doesn't mean it's, it's like a naturally occurring thing. And we talked at great lengths about um, eating liver in a previous episode. Um, So if you want to get in on that, I I forget what episode. Do you? Um, I don't remember, but it's in the title. It's got to be in the show notes, yeah, or something. Um, All right. So that's one way is to get vitamin D through diet, which can be a little tricky, admittedly. The other way is to get it through the sun's UVB rays. Our skin, like I said, naturally produces vitamin D when it's exposed to a pinking dose of sunlight. So that's a pinking dose. Um, The vitamin D we produce on our own through the sun is the gold standard of this nutrient. So this is like the Mac Daddy. Mac Dad will make you jump, jump. Chris Cross will make you jump, jump, jump. jump. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Mac Daddy, like who says that? Showing our age. I know. Gosh, I'm going to start wearing backwards overalls now. (laughs) So why is vitamin D deficiency so common? Well, obviously, one is that our modern diet is chock full of processed foods and is 
um, lacking vitamin D rich foods. And then two, our fear of the sun. We're all petrified of the sun, so we're avoiding the sun all the time. And those are the two ways that we can get vitamin D in. And this is not a good thing because D deficiency is linked to bone disease, it's linked to depression, acne, psoriasis, autoimmune diseases, obesity, heart disease, fibromyalgia, and many types of cancer. So vitamin D deficiency is not a good thing. Mm. Now, yeah. So there are certain people, though, that are more prone to being deficient in vitamin D than others. Yes, that's true. Um, Breastfed, I was just gulping water because I talked so much. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) Breastfed infants um, are one are one of those groups of people. Pediatricians are now recommending that breastfeeding moms give their babies vitamin D supplements. I'm not a fan of this recommendation. And we actually answered a listener question about this in episode six. So if this is something you're you're uh, confused about, definitely go back and listen to episode six. Here's the extremely short version. The vitamin D content of breast milk is related to mother's vitamin D status. So in other words, if mom is low, her milk will be low and baby won't get enough vitamin D. D. But a a better option than for baby to supplement with it is for mom to get outside in the sun as much as possible, eat lots of vitamin D-rich foods, and potentially take a clean vitamin D supplement. And we'll link to one of the ones that we like in the show notes here. But, um, you know, as a mom, what I did with Hattie when she was a baby, and really, you know, she's four now, so her whole life, is to just make sure she gets a lot, you know, she gets outside and gets some sun exposure, even, even as a as a little little wee one. Um, so that's one 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 population of of folks. Another one is people who live in the northern region. So that would be myself. Oh yeah. Um, those who live above the latitude line connecting Richmond, Virginia, to Portland, Oregon. Is that you? Or are you below it? I'm definitely below that. Okay. You guys, um, I'm re- I know yeah. a lot about nutrition, not so much about geography. Not my strong suit. So embarrassing. Um, okay, so if you <laughs> if you live above that line, wherever wherever the hell it is, Where am I? <laughs> you only get enough radiation from the sun for vitamin D. Um just a portion of the year. So you really want to focus seasonally on vitamin D rich foods, a vitamin D light box or vitamin D supplementation is is probably a good idea. I'm actually considering purchasing a light box for next winter. So I'll link to the one that I'm going to get in the show notes in case folks are interested. Um, it's not cheap. They're $400, but I just feel like the the winters are so brutal, and by the end of the winter, I am a mess. I'm just like an emotional wreck, and um, yeah. I just yeah. want to try it's it out. I think it's it. worth it. I've seen some other um, uh, different lights that you can you can buy that are a bit more affordable. I've actually seen ones that you can have in the in an office if you're like me and you're stuck in like. An, a basement office with no windows and air conditioning <laughs> year-round. Dietitians in every hospital are put in the basement. It is so funny. We're in like always a windowless office. Always, always. So, Do I you have a stapler are, down are there? Other options. I have a stapler. Please don't move it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. 
Um, I, I, the one that I'm going to recommend that I'll link to in the show notes is the one that John Bagnulo, oh. um, our, our God. Our BFF. <laughs> he doesn't know we exist, <laughs> but he's our BFF. We're like, Aaron, John said, <laughs> like it's if it's my husband. We're really on a first name basis. Okay. Doesn't know we exist. All right. People who spend most of their time indoors and lack exposure to sunlight. So if you work in a basement, <laughs> this would be you. Um, and if you're covered up, even if, so even if you don't work inside all the time, if you go outside and you're covered up all the time, either with clothes or shade, um, you're going to be at risk of low vitamin D. And the same is true if you cover up with sunscreen every time that you head outdoors. So sunscreen, this is kind of a fun fact, sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or greater blocks 100% of vitamin D production in the skin. So yeah, I know. So if you're wearing sunscreen, you're not making vitamin D. So try to get more exposure to the sun. And if you can't do this for, you know, for health reasons or whatever reasons, um, then really focus on those vitamin D containing foods in your diet. Um, A light box would be a great idea for you and supplementation as well. So kind of hit it from all angles. People with darker skin um, are also at risk. Greater amounts of melanin, that's the pigment in skin, reduces the skin's ability to produce vitamin D from sunlight. So greater exposure to sunlight is important if you have darker skin. And then finally, people with inflammatory bowel disease, poor gut health, or those on low-fat diets. Because vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. It needs fats in order to be absorbed. Therefore, appropriate vitamin D levels are contingent upon getting adequate fat in your diet and your gut's ability to absorb fat. I'm making a special point of that here because I, um, so one of the things that I do in my, one of the tests I run in my practice is called a GI map and it's a stool test. And one of the things that it looks for is whether or not you're absorbing your fats. And I recently did one on myself, something I tried to do at least every couple of years. And I just found out recently that I'm, for whatever reason, not absorbing my fats. So that's really good feedback. So what I need to do and have been doing is ramping up uh, digestive support specifically for fat. Um, and so that would be kind of an interesting thing uh, because that would mean that I'm at greater risk for, for vitamin D deficiency since I'm not absorbing my fat. So and it, you already have an autoimmune disease. And I already have an autoimmune disease. Lucky me. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, extra important to get vitamin D through the sun because when you get it through the sun, you get to bypass digestion. All right. So we need vitamin D to stay healthy, including the prevention of cancer. And we need to get vitamin D from the sun, but we're all terrified of it, right? Um, unfortunately being afraid of the sun isn't doing us any favors Despite greater sunscreen use and sun awareness, melanoma rates in Americans continue to rise. So not really what you would expect, right? People who spend the least amount of time outside have the highest risk of malignant melanoma. That's the most aggressive and life-threatening form of skin cancer. So kind of ties into like what I was saying at the start of the show is like just trying to get back to nature. Humans need sunshine to thrive, right? We It's, it's absolutely, um, it's a necessary thing. But I will say that too much of a good thing is, is too much. And overexposure to UV light can absolutely damage the skin. It can lead to photoaging. It can lead to cancer. We know this. So we must be really conscious, uh, conscientious about 
getting an appropriate amount of sun. And this amount is going to be different for everybody. It's just like food. Like we can't give you the exact the exact um, you know ratio or the exact science. It's something that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. It's so interesting how I mean, like ev- everything we do, we go from one extreme to the to the other. We're one second like slathering top to bottom our our bodies with um oil <laughs> and then like baking in the sun like putting everything on us to attract the sun attract the sun get as dark as we can and then we go to the other end where we're like scared of the sun everything has to be covered up uh, sunblock on everything zinc on the nose i mean and then <laughs> and then the the rates of melanoma are are higher. That's really interesting. I definitely did the baby oil thing when, like, back when I was like in eighth grade. And I could never do it because the Irish, the Irish in me, it could never handle. Yeah, it. I have Irish in me too, and I burnt every single time. Like <laughs> you a were like lunatic. success. Yes. <laughs> like I'm doing so good. I have like these questionable spots on my chest, and I know it was from baby oil. I oh, know it was. was. Yeah, God. that's great. Okay, so. Um, how is somebody supposed to figure out like how much exposure they're supposed to have? All right. So to determine your own unique sun exposure threshold, you want to look for the pink. Um, UVB rays, that's the one that we produce uh, vitamin D from, they're sometimes considered burning rays, which is very, very cool because it's basically like your own built-in sun protection. Your skin will start to turn just slightly pink when you've been exposed to enough. Ideally, you want to get out of the sun right before or right as your skin is turning that faint hint of pink. So again, this is just like just as you're starting to turn pink, like not once you've already got a little bit burnt, right? Am I clear about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, On average, without sunblock and with arms and legs exposed, your skin will make 10,000 to 15,000 units of vitamin D in one pinking sun exposure. So that's pretty decent. The bad news here is that UVA rays provide no warning. So these rays penetrate deeper and create oxidative damage associated with malignant melanoma, and you have no way of knowing how much you've been exposed to, which is why it's imperative to rely on that pinking mechanism and then get out of the sun or seek cover. Because while UVB rays are filtered through glass or windows, the UVA rays are not. And people who spend the most time behind glass actually have the highest risk of malignant melanoma because they're not getting that, that um, you know, like the body's response saying like, warning, warning, get out of the sun. Wow. Yeah. This so it's so interesting. Oh, I'm glad you think so, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, about the glass and the windows and stuff. I mean, like, so you're just not, you're not really out of the sun. If you're if you're doing that to get away from the UVA, correct. But people think because they're not burning, right? Because their skin isn't changing any color, that it doesn't. It's you know, it's not. It doesn't matter. But that's not the case. Um, so essentially, we want to find a balance of getting enough sun exposure to produce vitamin D while not overexposing our skin and putting us at risk for skin cancer. Um, so remember, the burning rays are the ones that actually produce vitamin C, and that's the one that are giving you that that feedback mechanism, if you will. So once we've reached our threshold, we then need to seek out a physical barrier to protect our skin from the sun. And the, this physical barrier can be one of three things. It can be shade. 
It can be clothing and hats, or it can be a mineral-based sunscreen. So what I hope you're hearing here is that sunscreen really shouldn't be your first line of defense against the sun, right? You really want to seek out coverage when you can. But of course, there's going to be times when you just want to be out in the sun or you want to be at the beach or whatever. And so this is where a mineral sunscreen can come in really, really handy. Okay, so let's back up a step. Why don't you explain what a mineral sunscreen is for those that don't already know? All right, good point. There are there are two types of sunscreens, uh, mineral and chemical. Mineral sunscreen use minerals, um, usually zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, and they sit on top of the skin, and so they act as a physical barrier to the sun, therefore blocking all of the sun's rays. So they block the UVB rays, but they also block those UVA rays. That can be uh, problematic. And these minerals are not absorbed into the sun, uh, into the bloodstream, which is a good thing, obviously. On the other hand, we have chemical sunscreens, um, which use chemical UV filters to keep out some of the sun's rays, so not all of them. Sometimes the UVA rays can still get in, which is obviously not a good thing because there's no warning system for your body to say like, hey, I'm getting burnt here. Um, these sunscreens also include ingredients to help the product adhere to the skin, so it makes them a little extra sticky, which increases absorption into the body. And I hope you're hearing that correctly because that's pretty scary. So we have chemicals, and then we have other chemicals that help those those chemicals get into the it get into the body, get into the bloodstream. So that's a really bad thing. Um, oxybenzone is a common active chemical used and it's found in about 70% of chemical sunscreens and it's not good for business. Sketchy. Yeah. Sketchy. I know. So what are people supposed to avoid when they're buying sunscreen? All right. So obviously avoid chemical sunscreens. Um, the chemicals used in most sunscreens, like I said, 70% of them or more contribute to skin allergies and hormone disruption. Hormone disruption, also known as endocrine disruption, is huge as it can negatively impact every single system in your entire body. I cannot get across how important this stuff is, you guys. Like, if I had a pointer, I would be like beating the chalkboard with it. Um, endocrine disruption is major. So if you see something as an endocrine disruptor or a hormone disruptor, that is something to pay attention to. Hormones, I consider them like the puppet masters in the body. They tell everything within your body what to do. They are running the show. So if something's swooping in and messing that up, it can mess you up from top to tail. It is a big deal. It is not to be overlooked. And so these hormone-disrupting chemicals from sunscreens get into our bodies. They're found in our blood. They're found in our urine. And they're found in breast milk, okay? So they're getting into our bodies, getting into our kiddos' bodies. Oxybenzone has been detected in 96% of Americans. So that's most of us, right? We're all afraid of the sun. We're all lathering up with these chemical sunscreens, and this stuff is getting into our bodies. And then, so it's not good for us, but it's also not good for the planet. Um, oxybenzone leaches nutrients and bleaches coral reefs, which negatively impacts fish and other wildlife. Um, sunscreen runoff is really responsible for collapsing the coral reef, which is a scary thing. 
Oh my God. I just watched this video about the bleaching of the coral reefs and it was one of the saddest things I have ever seen. YouTube it and you will be shocked. It is, it is crazy. The, the one, how do I want to say this? What we fail to recognize in our modern day is that we are inextricably, there we go, linked to the environment around us, to the world around us. And when we kill off things in our environment and on our planet, this impacts us in our health in a major and very profound way. And so while somebody might hear that and be like, oh, that stinks, you know, no more coral reef, it has far-reaching consequences and, and it affects us. Um, so I just want to kind of like leave that there. We are supposed to kind of like all function in harmony. And I'm not saying this as like a yoga teacher and as a hippie, but as like somebody that studies science. We're all supposed to exist in harmony and kind of cohabitate together. And we all really lean on each other very heavily. And when we start to pluck things out of that ecosystem, things get hectic. And things are getting hectic right now. Um, that's all I'll say it's about getting, that. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting, getting kind of hectic. hectic. All right. Um, so uh, an estimated 14,000 tons, tons oh. of sunscreen is deposited in our oceans every year. And the greatest damage is found in popular reef areas, uh, mostly in Hawaii and the Caribbean or Caribbean. <laughs> I thought about that, you know, like after after that last episode. And I'm like, I do say Pirates of the Caribbean, but otherwise Caribbean. It's a weird thing. I don't know. It's a weird thing. All right. (laughs) The good news, you guys, um, is that this month, Hawaii became the first state to pass a bill banning the sale of sunscreen-containing chemicals believed to harm coral reefs. So that's pretty darn exciting. Yeah. Um, The legislation prohibits the distribution of sunscreens containing chemicals, oxybenzone, that bad guy that I was just talking about, and another one called um, oc... Octanoxate? That's probably not how you, how you say it. Octanoxate? Octanoxate? Something like that. I don't know. That. I mean, I'm the last to ask. Yeah, you just sit this play out, fella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, both of them bleached the coral when washed off in the ocean, which is a bad thing. So the Hawaii, it's been, it's been, um, it's been passed, and the new rules will go into effect January first of two thousand twenty-one. Which I thought is kind of that's kind of interesting that it takes so long, like after a bill gets passed before it actually goes into effect. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so anyway, oxybenzone and that octanoxate are bad mamba jamba, so you definitely want to avoid them along with all other chemical sunscreens. Another one to absolutely avoid is spray sunscreens and I know this one stings you guys because spray really is so easy especially when you're corralling multiple kiddos like getting sunscreen on kids is like especially young kids it's just the worst like I'd rather stay inside it's it's the worst but convenience comes at a price it always does. And we tend to forget this because the modern world is designed for convenience. It's set up to be convenient. So convenience is something that we've come to expect. And it's also something we prioritize over our health. Now, I've mentioned Katie Bowman on the show before, uh, mostly because I think she's a genius and one of my idols and my role model. Um, She's a biomechanist and she often talks about how we outsource many of the tasks that our bodies once had to do. 
And um, she gives like a million different ways that we do this in her books and on her blog. But, um, you know, I was just thinking about it. But like even just thinking about transportation, right? Our feet no longer take us where we need to go. We have like trains, planes, and automobiles. You know, working out in the yard today, we we hire people to do that, right? Like we hire people to take care of our land. We used to do that ourselves. We used to grow our food. We used to harvest our own food. And now we don't even cook our own food, right? We're like buying everything pre-made. And I think our food system is really the best way to showcase how we prioritize convenience over health, right? You'd probably agree with that, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Um, One thing that I talk a lot about in my work is that these lack of inputs, the lack of exposure to dirt and nature and microbes, our lack of movement, our lack of sunshine exposure, lack of real food from the ground, all of this puts us in an evolutionary mismatch where our genes no longer get the stimulus they need and then we get sick. And it it makes sense since one out of two Americans has a chronic illness, Uh, autism is on the rise, autoimmune disease is on the rise, neurodegenerative diseases are on the rise. One out of two Americans will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. So again, there is a price to pay for this convenience, and many of us are paying with our lives. Um, and I know that's like a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, but you it's can't true. Ignore it. Um, and I guess the price to pay for convenience spray sunscreens is that they pose a huge inhalation risk. These chemicals are not meant to be inhaled into the lungs. Consumer Reports went as far just a few years ago to release a warning saying, um, don't use these on your kids. They are not safe for for use on children. Um, and I, I kind of see it as like, summer's secondhand smoke i literally this is no this is not hyperbole this is like what i do i hold my breath and then i cover hattie's mouth if someone around me starts spraying uh like if we're at the beach like i'm just like hold your breath and then like cover her mouth because and i don't really at this point in my life i don't know i'm 34 I'm not too worried about hurting people's feelings. Like, in my opinion, my lungs are more important than people's comfort levels in their convenience. So, like, I'm good. You know, if you're choosing convenience, don't do it at the cost of my lungs. And I, you know, and I think maybe that's not super fair because I don't think everybody has this information at their fingertips. It's one of the reasons we do the podcast is to, like, get this information out there. Uh, So just know if you're listening, please stop using those spray, spray sunscreens because... They're not just damaging you and, you know, potentially your kiddos, but the people that are around you. I will say that the only exception to this rule is a non-aerosol, air-powered, and of course, a non-chemical sunscreen. And the one, like I mentioned earlier, the one that I use, it's called Beauty Counter Counter Sun Mineral Sunscreen Mist. I'll link they to it. They just came out with us, right? Yeah, it's brand new. I mean, you know, like a few weeks old. I have it. Um, but it's it's good stuff. Um, and I think it was their response to the whole convenience. You know, like people were still, even though they knew it wasn't good for you, they were like, yeah, but it's so convenient. So I think it was mm-hmm. their response. That's one thing that the company is always trying to do is like get better and better and better and really be able to provide safe products for everybody, right? Even the ones that are just like, I don't really care about the safety thing. I just want something that works well. Um, and it does. It it delivers the convenience that people are looking for and it that even application of an aerosol 
but it's actually air powered. So there's no harmful propellant chemicals that are sprayed into the atmosphere or onto the skin. There's no risk of breathing in the chemicals. So it sprays at any angle. It's also reef friendly and it's not going to tear up your lungs. So check, chickity, check that out. Um, In terms of what else to avoid, avoid the high SPF. This one kind of surprises people, but higher SPF contains a higher concentration of those harmful hormone-disrupting chemicals for no good reason. SPF beyond 50 doesn't really mean anything because you do have to apply SPF 50 just as often as SPF 30, which is every two hours or after swimming or after sweating or after drying off. That's so you want to expensive. That's going to get expensive with an SPF 50, right? Cuz don't those cost more? I don't, I don't know. know. I've never bought one in my I entire <laughs> life, so I can't I don't know. Um, but just don't use them. And if you're avoiding chemical sunscreens, which hopefully by now you are, um, you're not going to see uh, a high SPF anyway. So just keep that in mind. And then the final um, the final ingredient to avoid is something called retinal palmitate. It's a form of vitamin A that's added to skincare products, including sunscreen. And it's added for skin enhancing effects like slower skin aging. However, it may speed up the growth of skin tumors when applied to the skin in the presence of sunlight. So you obviously want to avoid this in any retinol ingredients in your skincare. Uh, The good news is that you can get those same skin benefits, the slower skin aging, um, by eating foods that are naturally high in vitamin A. Well, what do you know? Um, So that's what we want to stay away from. We covered that. What are we supposed to be looking for? Um, well, the zinc based or excuse me, zinc oxide based sunscreens are, are the best way, the ways to go. Um, sunscreen sticks are pretty good because here's the deal. Minerals, if you're talking about a lotion, minerals can separate from other suspension ingredients in a sunscreen screen. And we really have no way of knowing. So since these formulas are really thick, they have a, they're hard to shake up. So when you're using a mineral sunscreen, even if the ingredients are top notch, it's kind of hard to know how much you're actually being covered. So it's that's a good reason why you you want to buy things like in smaller bottles and um, don't use old sunscreen because it's – I'm talking about the lotion here because chances are it's separated. Um, but if you if you have the option to use sticks, use that. I really love using the sticks, especially on Hattie. Um, they're just really, really convenient. So just kind of keep that in mind. I'll go through some brands that I – personally like. I mean, I already mentioned Beauty Counter, but I'll talk about some other ones. This is not going to be an exhaustive list, but these sunscreens follow all of the above rules. And they're also rated a one on the EWG, the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep List, which represents the lowest hazard. So if you happen to use and love a certain sunscreen that's not listed here, uh, make sure you cross-reference it with the Skin Deep database because it will give you a score based on safety. So obviously, I'm going to start with Beauty Counter. It's hands down my favorite. It's what I use on myself and my family 100% of the time. Um, There is a lotion, as I mentioned before. There is a sun stick. 
that's awesome for your face. Um, I, Hattie, now she's four. She just, like, applies it herself, which is very convenient for me. Um, and then this year, the mist was just released, which I already talked about. So mineral sunscreens do have a bad rap for going on white and not rubbing in easily. But this stuff rubs in very well for full coverage on larger body parts. And they leave no white residue. And they also smell like Tootsie Rolls. Holy crap, they do smell. I have... I could never put my finger on it, but that's what it is. Wow, Erin. Wow. I didn't come up with that. Somebody was like, they smell like Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, they totally good. do. That yeah. good. I know. Throwback. Um, another um, honorable mention here is Badger Sunscreen Stick. Uh, this is a I, a small family-run New Hampshire-based company, so I have to call them out. Badger is definitely a company to support. Their ingredients are simple. They're safe. Their products are affordable. The sunscreen does go on very thick and very white, so I know that's an issue for some people, so just a heads up there. Yeah, yeah. I like Badger, but it definitely goes on white. Um, So maybe if you're going out on like a a date or something, maybe don't slather yourself in it first. Uh, I think they actually have a tinted version for that reason, but... I've never tried it and I've never checked out the ingredients of it, of that before. Um, I use a, a, a face moisturizer with SPF 30 from Block Island Organics. I use this every single day year round. I mix it with a few drops of facial oil. Like I love beauty counter oils and lately I've been using Coco Kind Chia Facial Oil. I like the way the oils feel and then they help the moisturizer go on smoother. The bottle lasts me forever. I get it off of Amazon and that also has a a one rating on EWG. Um, And then I use Beauty Counter uh, everywhere else on the bod. Um, But yeah, like you said, just check everything on EWG. It is like a lifesaver. It really is. It's super helpful. That's a good point about I um, for moisturizer um, because everyone always asks me about the beauty counter stuff. There is a tinted moisturizer that has an SPF in it, and it's called Dew Skin. Um, So if you're looking for a beauty counter one, that's that's a good way to go. And then finally, Goddess Garden. Great ingredients. It does go on very white. They do make sticks, and they make a pump spray. So it's like kind of one of those little like – I don't know, like gun pumps, you know, um, in addition to their creams. I will uh, will note here that this contains titanium dioxide. There's some evidence that suggests titanium dioxide can change when it's exposed to light. Certain forms of the mineral release radicals that may damage cell DNA. Having said that, it still scores very well on the EWG Skin Deep list. I really trust uh, the EWG. So just kind of take that with, with a grain of salt, I guess. Cool. So that was all about the sunscreens. Um, Let's dive into the vitamin D a little bit. Um, And in case people are listening to this episode later in the year when it's not summer, um, let's talk about whether they should be supplementing with vitamin D. Yeah, you know, my child's pediatrician once told me that vitamin D supplements are benign. It's the word that he used. Um, This really couldn't be further from the truth. 
throughout human history, we've had regular UVB exposure. This is how we've always made our vitamin D, and this is what the body knows. When we flood the body with supplemental vitamin D, we also dial back certain body processes that are necessary for health. So with UVB exposure, your skin not only generates vitamin D, but it also sulfates cholesterol. And this step is necessary for gut health, for immune regulation, and for fighting off infection. Uh, vitamin D supplementation is really not one size fits all. Some supplementation may be better than nothing, but if you have access to the sun, getting exposure without any sunscreen is more beneficial to overall health, immunity, reduced cancer risk, reduced heart disease risk than taking a vitamin D supplement. When when supplementing, uh, excuse me, supplementing with D and other nutrients, it's important to work with a practitioner, like we said, who can evaluate your risk and determine whether supplementation is appropriate for you. Yeah, and definitely get your levels checked. I usually end up having mine done twice a year, like sometime before summer and sometime before winter, just so I can adjust or stop completely for a while if I if my levels are good. Um, and if you're supplementing with D, you want to be sure that you have adequate vitamin A and vitamin K2 in your diet or supplement with these vitamins simultaneously. In in my practice, I always recommend a vitamin D supplement that has K2 in it. So um, taking both at the same time, and I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah. And the short story there is that vitamin D carries calcium in the body and then K2 tells the calcium where to go, like to your bones, for example. Right. Not your soft tissue. Right. Um, I mentioned vitamin A a couple of times on the show already. And I just want you guys to remember that vitamin A that we get from plant foods like carrots, butternut squash, sweet potatoes, all those orangey veggies, it's actually beta carotene. Beta carotene is a vitamin A precursor, meaning that before our bodies can use it, it must first be converted to true vitamin A, which is retinol. But unfortunately, our bodies aren't very efficient at this conversion, and so it's important to obtain true vitamin A through animal sources. Um, that's just something to keep in mind. I, I don't think many people have a full awareness of that. And then finally, consider a vitamin D light box. We've already talked about that. Um, never supplement with vitamin D2, which is ergocalciferol. Vitamin D2 is the vegan form of the supplement as uh, D3 actually comes from lanolin in sheep's wool, most uh, vitamin D3 supplements. And there are too many question marks surrounding the safety and the efficacy of vitamin D2. Unfortunately, it's usually found in uh, dairy-free nut milks, like, um, I don't know, like almond milk, you know, the, the store-bought stuff, almond milk, coconut milk, all that kind of stuff usually has vitamin D2 added to it. So you just want to be on the lookout for for the ingredients list per use. And then at the end of the day, remember that diet matters. And a great way to protect your skin from the inside out is to give up the standard American diet in favor of an antioxidant-rich, anti-inflammatory diet. Think lots of fruits and veggies, fresh herbs, spices, well-sourced meats, raw grass-fed dairy, raw nuts and seeds, and healthy whole food fats without any vegetable oils. If you guys need help in that department, you guys know you can check out my Fueled and Fit program. It's 21 days of nutrition education. Boom. That's a wrap. 
Time for some wine. <laughs> wine time. <laughs> summertime. You guys, we will still be doing the podcast uh, throughout the summer. So make sure you send in your questions and we'll get to answering them. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.